Hey guys, it's me, Jenna Hartley. Welcome to Heart to Heart. This is the place to be if you want to be inspired, be empowered, and find ways to embrace the strong woman I know you already are. So buckle up and let's get ready to discover our inner badasses. Hey guys, Jenna Hartley here. Welcome to Writer Wednesdays. It's a weekly chat with my author friends, a chance to get to know the writers behind your favorite stories, as well as discover some new ones. Um, this week's guest is Kelly Elliott. Kelly is a New York Times and USA Today best-selling contemporary romance author. Her best-selling works include Wanted, Broken, Lost Love, and Never Enough, to name a few. Kelly continues to spread her wings while remaining true to her roots and giving readers stories rich with hot, protective men, strong women, and beautiful surroundings. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I love your, your bio. Um, I feel like mine is strong women and the men who dare to love them. So like, you're- oh, I love it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the similar theme, right? Like, obviously, we are attracted to and the, the beautiful surroundings, which is obviously oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I, I read that you're actually a big fan of historical romance, and yet you write predominantly contemporary, which I find interesting. So can you tell me what's up with that? <laughs> I did, you know, I dabbled in it. I co-wrote a book called Predestined Hearts with uh, my BFF, who is also uh, kind of a part-time author. And we decided we wanted to do a, du a dual genre. And I was like, I want to dip my toes into historical. Um, I'm not a huge, like a, a lot of historical are in third person. I'm not a huge, hate writing in third person. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't good at it in school and I'm still not good at it. Um, so I did it in first person, which is fine. I mean, I've read historical in first person as well too. Um, but I, I dove into it and I had so much fun and I loved it. Um, but I'm, I think because I love it so much, I'm afraid to do it. Like it's, I, I don't know. It's like a really weird psychological thing, I guess. Like it's, I would love to do it, but I'm like, ah, oh, I am though planning on doing um, a series, I think in 2022, uh, kind of world, I know, right? I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I can't think out till two weeks from now, let alone to two years. <laughs> That's impressive. <Yeah. laughs> because I have my whole schedule for next year already done. So, but um, I'm going to do a book about a, a series, three books about three sisters based in World War II. So the World War II era. So I'm like, okay, I'll start there. Um, but yeah, it, it really is just me being a chicken and just not, because historical readers are, they're rough. So I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I just do. I just don't think I could do it. <laughs> I think you can do it. I think the interesting thing is, you know, I, I attended a conference a while back that, that they actually had a lot of historical romance writers there. And one of the panels, I remember them talking about, and I never really thought about this because I read some historical, but honestly not much. Um, I'm a big contemporary fan. And so it was like, they're talking about, you know, how you had to be really careful about the era and like the words used, like you wouldn't have allergies at a certain time because they didn't know that that was like the term, you know what I mean? And so it's like, to me, I think that's what I find intimidating is doing the research to make it um, authentic and accurate to that time period so that readers who really do read a lot of it you know, love it and feel like it fits. It's kind of like when you do sports romance, right? And, and I have yeah. a, I was going to say one of my readers, um, Dear Books Love Sky is her, um, is her 
what is that even thing called? Why am I blanking out? I'm like her title, her tagline, her <laughs> handle. Um, anyways, she, she love, loves your books and she loved your series with the bull riders and she oh, in Montana. Yes. She wanted me to ask, um, like if you did research for that or if you had a background in it, because she, she's a big fan of bull riding and she felt like you really were true to the details and the terminology where she was impressed and not left disappointed like so many other books. Yeah, I mean, no matter what book I start, um, it, like right now I'm writing one that the, the girl owns an apple orchard. And I, I mean, I literally flew up to New Hampshire. It's based out of New Hampshire. Most of my books are in Texas. Um, and I went to apple orchards and I asked questions and I bought books. So I really study. But for the Meet Me in Montana series, my um, husband got into watching PBR. And I was just sitting there one day watching it with him. And I was like, oh, this would make such a good book. Um, so I actually went. Just to clarify, is professional bull riding? Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Professional <laughs> bull riding. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and I just decided to go. There was a up in Tacoma, Washington was the next, was the next one. So I called up. Um, I don't even remember who I called. I found some number, called up and said, hey, I'm trying to write a book. I want to go up. They hooked me up with back, like I got to go behind the scenes. I met with a stock contractor. I met with a couple of the bull riders. Um, so that was fun. Um, but I did, like I really researched the crap. And it was funny because when my editors were, were working on it, the first two books are with Mount Lake Publishing. And mm -hmm. um, they were like, I'm not really sure if this is the right terminology. I'm like, trust me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it is. So it, um, so it was, it was, yeah, it was a lot of research and I really, really try with, with all the books to try to be as authentic as I can, because I know, you know, it, you are going to have those readers that, that get like I done NASCAR before. So, you know, you're going to have those NASCAR fans or those mm -hmm. professional bull rider fans. So you don't, you don't want them to be like, mm, she didn't get that right. So I probably did about a month worth of research and I wrote the first book in two and a half weeks. So That's I insane. When I wrote it. That's really I, I probably wrote half the book on that, that weekend that I went up to Tacoma. I just was, I guess I was just in the zone and it was just there. And I went back to my hotel and I was alone. There was nobody with me. And I just, I had roots, root, room service, <laughs> just plates everywhere. I was just, I'm like, ah, so it, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I love, love that series. That's awesome. I, I'm, I guess I wonder like, maybe I need to spend more time researching like I think my process is a little different because I'll research kind of throughout or it'll be something that I already kind of have a background on or something that I'm interested in um though I do have some some books that I really want to write that intimidate the hell out of me that would require a lot of research to really do it right like to pay justice to the community of right. whatever it is um so you're you're giving me a little bit of a kick in the pants to <laughs> to do it right to take the leap, um, <laughs> but it's scary it, as a writer. It, it is. I mean, like the the book I'm writing right now deals a lot that the guy was an ex military Navy SEAL, and so he has PTSD. And I I researched and researched and researched Navy SEALs and got all their lingo down. And I mean, I binged watched this show, and I probably have two or three scenes where he's talking like a flashback. 
But my husband was like, all that research for that? And I'm like, hey, yeah, honestly, it's important, but it is. And I feel like it's not wasted because it helps you like understand the character. Like I, I had a story that's, well, by the time this comes out, it'll come out soon. Um, but it's called Hotshot and he's a hotshot firefighter. And I, I knew a little bit about it because my sister-in-law um, used to work in the forestry service and she worked with hotshots and like smoke jumpers. So those are like the guys who work kind of out in remote forest fires, very right. hard conditions. Um, and so there was like a bunch of stuff on like Netflix and Prime and I'm like watching all of it. And I'm like, well, I don't know if this will apply, but it's really giving me good background. It's just kind of interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it does. I mean, I think it, I think it sticks in the back of our head as we're writing it because I could, I noticed I could picture it more because of those, you know, the shows and the, the lingo and all that. So it, it was a better, it was a better movie in my head as I was writing. Yeah. I kind of wondered that with what you were saying about the bull riding, because you immersed yourself so fully into it and then spent that weekend. I wondered if it was so fast for you to write and came to you so quickly because you were so in that world. Yeah. I think so. I really mm -hmm. think so. Yeah. The crash course in bull riding. I know, right? Have you ridden a uh, mechanical bull or a real bull? Oh gosh. When I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> My 50-year-old body wouldn't be able to do it now, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, being down here in Texas, there, yeah, yeah, there's a couple memories on that, but we'll just, we'll, we'll just move on. I don't know that I've actually ever ridden one, and I definitely wouldn't now because I have had back issues, but I, I do enjoy, like, watching, like, the longest ride and stuff, so I just think it's... They're not as easy as you think. I, like, I bet. You stand there and you're like, I could do that. And then you get on in it first, it goes slow. And then it's like, yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fall off like in two seconds. Well, I want to hear from anybody watching if they have tried it and what their, you know, yeah. experience is like, because that would be fun. Um, or if anybody's a real, you know, bull rider, not a, a mechanical. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess, uh, let's see, what else was I going to ask you about? So you seem to love writing about small town cowboy and second chance romances. What do you think draws you to those trope genres? You know, I think it's what, it's what I like. I mean, I like, I love, um, I, and I think being in Texas, living in a small town, um, I know it. Mm -hmm. So they always say, what you should write what you know. Um, and I don't know, second chance romance, I'm, I, I just, I root for that, that romance that kind of separated and not that I have one. Um, I mean, I married the love of my life, but I don't know. I mean, I just love that, that second chance. And it's funny because my Southern Bride series is predominantly all just second chance romance. In this new series I started, I'm like, oh, I'm falling into that pattern again. <laughs> I need to break this pattern. So it definitely has become kind of a, a thing. And I'm, I was talking with somebody else a couple of weeks ago. And when she introduced me, she said, this is our small town second chance queen. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> no, just <to> self, Kelly. <laughs> Write something else. <laughs> That's funny. I thought you're going to be like, Oh, I can be okay with being the queen of this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, mostly everybody, they're like, oh, you're the one that writes about the cowboys, and I can, I'm on board with that. Yeah, I mean, and but I do, I do love Second Chance, so I think that's why I, I really tend to gravitate towards it. Interesting, yeah, I would say that I'm, I'm not usually a fan of Second Chance, though I, I try to branch out. I think for me, it's like, 
the reason that they were kept apart has to be really compelling. Like I have to buy it, right? Otherwise I'm like, mm, um. <laughs> yeah, and that's what one of my friends is. She's like, you better win me over because if they broke up for some lame reason, I'm putting them down. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's too funny. Um, so I wondered, you also, uh, I guess on your website, I read that a professor in college once told you you'd never be a writer and you believed him for a time. So I wondered what finally convinced you to take the leap and what advice you would give to anyone who's scared that they don't have what it takes. I really think it was just, it came with age, just finally getting to a point where I was old enough to not be afraid to take a chance. Um, and so one day I just thought, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to write this and see what happens. And uh, I had a friend of mine <laughs> edit it for me. Oh, the mistakes we make as rookies. Um, and put it out there. And I'm really good friends with Molly McAdams. And she was like, you need a pen name. And I was like, nah, nothing's <laughs> going to come from this. Um, but it did it. It just took off. And I think anytime anybody asks, you know, what, what advice do you give? The first thing I, I just, I have to say is just write, just sit down and write it. I have a lot of people that will say, I've been writing this book for five years and, and I'll say, well, what are you doing? Well, I write a couple chapters and I go back and read it and I write a couple chapters. And it's funny because that very same professor who told me I would never make it also gave me the number one advice that I give to everybody else <laughs> is sit down and just write your first draft. Don't go back. Don't read it. Just write it and get it out and put it down on paper and then go back and, and tighten it. And, and that's what I do. I, I write it. I do one read through. I, you know, I'll add descriptions. I'll do, you know, kind of tighten it up and then it goes off. I send it to an editor and then I read it one more time after it's all public or not published, but after it's all edited and that's it. Like I don't do multiple read throughs and I'm a, a very, I'll have people say, how do I write? Well, I wish I could tell you how to write. Like, but I think it's just, it's just there. It's in you. Yeah. You've got it. The best thing you do is you just sit down and, and you write it and don't be afraid. Like, I think that for so many years, I was just terrified of failing and I have failed along the way. And I've, I've kind of gotten my butt kicked here and there, but it's, I feel like it's made me a better writer. And those negative experiences have, have really kind of propelled me to do even, even better things and jump out and try new things. So yeah, just, just sit down and do it. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Your process is a, a bit different than mine. Um, I mean, I've tried various things, experimented, um, and I, I generally will do read throughs throughout, but I try not to go back and read through too much the day that I've started, right? It's like, okay, I know where I am and I need to know where I'm going, um, but not keep going back or else right. whatever, unless it's like, I've had some books where I've been like, you know, that something is bothering me. And it's like, the problem is with some of those, you can't move forward without fixing right. it because it's something so big. Or yeah. I did move forward and then I was like, ah, crap, I gotta <laughs> really spend some time. Yeah, and I mean, matter of fact, this book that I'm writing right now, I was, I wrote about eight chapters in and I was driving in the car and all of a sudden I was like, mm -mm, that's not right. And I, I pretty much just chunked the whole thing and just, I mean, I didn't chunk, chunk it, but I went back and just started over and just 
probably ended up deleting half of what I had already written. So yeah, you do, you do go back, but I think it's, I think the most, if you can just get it all down and, and people ask me, do you do outlines? And my agent probably hates me because when we shop a story, she'll say, I need an outline. And I'm like, mm, really, Jane? I don't do them. I just, I can't do them because I, a story for a book, I will literally have a note on my phone of two or three sentences of a story idea. And that's what I go off of. And it, I write from the beginning to the end and it, it changes constantly. Like where I think it's going to go, it goes somewhere else. And so I just, I don't do outlines. I have some author friends that outline every chapter and I'm like, who are you? And it works for them and that's great. But it just, I'm just very much a fly by the seat of my pants kind of writer. It's just, just sometimes not always, but yeah, I feel like it's really interesting talking to other writers about their process and like I think everybody's kind of changes over time maybe and where you kind of tweak, you know, with what's either working for that book or that point in your life or what you've learned from others. So it's it's always interesting to me. Um, and I know that you're not, you say you're not a, a, a planner, um, you're kind of a, a pantser, so you fly by yep. the pan. Uh, <laughs> but you do have some longer series and so I wondered like how much you plan ahead for those and like how do you, or how much you like figure out as you go. like either on a per book basis or like the whole series basis or whatever. Yeah. So the, the, so the longer ones that are the interconnected ones, I definitely think them out before I write them. So like this new series I'm doing the Boggy Creek Valley. Um, I pretty much know I'm at least six books I'm going to have in it. Mm -hmm. And I pretty much know everybody's general story. Um, and I think you have to, especially if you're doing interconnected, because you, you kind of start inner, inner, you know, they're, they're weaving their story in as, you know, you go along. So like book two right now, I'm kind of introducing those characters. And um, so the series that are interconnected, I definitely do some, some planning, not a whole lot, just kind of like a, okay, she's going to own an apiary and he's going to do this. And, you know, so I kind of have that, but again, it changes as I write. And I remember early on in my career, I used to, with the series, I used to put a preview of the second book at the back of the first book. Mm -hmm. And then when I would start writing the second book, I would change my mind. And then I would be like, oh crap, I already have that in the first book. So I don't do that anymore because I just, I do, I change my mind. Like my editors are probably like, I mean, even right now I have a book on my schedule for November and I'm like, huh, huh. I think I'm going to change for next year. I think I'm uh -huh. going to change that book and I'm going to switch this person. And so it's all kind of like a process. Like it's, yeah. it's always spinning in my head, but for this series I do, I don't always know how many books there are going to be. Mm -hmm. I kind of have a general idea. Um, with the meet me in Montana series, I really thought it was only going to be two books and it ended up being four. So it just really kind of, I think it depends on once you get in there and, and really am, am just kind of throw yourself into that world and see how far you want to go with it. Sometimes I think it could be like, I've read books where I'm kind of like, okay, we're 17 books in the series. <laughs> it's time to stop now. Like, so I don't ever want to be that drastic, but I do love me a long series. Yeah, it's hard to find that balance. I feel like my current series, I started with the book idea. I wrote it and then it was like, oh, I need to 
I kind of figured out a few other people because it's like it's it's mostly around like strong women friendships right and so it's like the four core of them but then I had a prequel that was like one of the sisters of the guy that they fall in love with right and then it's like now I have like a short story coming in an anthology that's like this side character who's mentioned very briefly but I kept thinking about him and so it's like you never know characters they're like yeah yeah you never know like what rabbit hole your brain is going to force you down yeah <laughs> yeah or with the readers like I've got their like in this last book that came out good enough I had a reader like messaged me very angry that I wasn't doing his best friend Chance's story and I was like I wouldn't really think about it but but she was very passionate like you needed to give me something a novella something yes I mean you think the side characters are just that they're just kind of there to support but sometimes they just they don't leave no like okay well you gotta get a novella and you're gonna have to get a short story or you're like Oprah of the novellas, like instead of you get a car and you get a car, it's like you get a novella, you get a novella, right? <laughs> We're going to make that a meme for you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, that, I'm already like the little boy in the series. They're like, we need Blaze's book. And I'm like, Blaze, okay, where am I? Then you're like, where am I going to work in that book? Because then you want to write it and you don't want to write it too far after the series is done. So it's like, surprise book. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah it's a vicious vicious cycle but it's one I do love yeah it can be interesting to uh chase those down so <laughs> mm -hmm. well thank you so much for talking with me today it's been fascinating to hear about your process thank you for having me I appreciate it yeah and before you go I have to ask um what three things you're grateful for today for those who have read my book unexpected um it's a nanny single parent romance with a twist because the nanny is actually the guy and he's younger um <laughs> I always love authors reactions when I say that um and so he asked the little girl Sophia this question every night Oh, three things I'm grateful for um my, always that I woke up this morning and I have another day um, that my family's healthy and that I have a, well, right now, a successful writing career that just makes me happy. That's awesome. Great things to be thankful for. <laughs> well, thank you again, Kelly. You can find links to her books in her Instagram bio, a number of which are available in Kindle Unlimited, and be sure to visit her website and sign up for her newsletter to stay up to date on her new releases. Uh, until next week, this is Jenna Hartley. Cheers to love, laughter, and happily ever afters. Stay true to yourself and keep sharing your gifts with the world because we need more women's voices like yours. Thank you for listening and I can't wait to see you again. Like what you hear? Hit that subscribe button. Uh, share it with a friend. The more empowered women we have, the stronger the world is, the better we'll be. Thanks.